So I just stopped by on Pentecost Sunday to preach today. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. Would you thank him for his word today? Lord Jesus, you're in this building. Lord Jesus, you're in this place. Lord Jesus, we are your people. Call by your name. Fill with your spirit. Meet with us in this house today. Anoint the word, God. Anoint what you've laid on my spirit. Help it find a lodging place in our hearts and in our spirit. And we will give you the glory and the praise. Now one more time, clap your hands to him like you believe all of that that we just shouted about. tell your neighbor I'm going to help him preach today. Now don't lie. Tell him do it. Help him. He needs it. He's coming off of COVID and he can't breathe very well. (laughs) But it's going to be all right. Amen. You may be seated today. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Pastor will be back next week. Amen. What I tear up today, he'll clean it up and fix it up. Amen. Praise God. We're glad they're out having a great time. Pray that the Lord refresh them, rejuvenate them while they are gone. Had a great service last week. I wasn't here, but I listened to it. Brother Chase did a phenomenal job. Had a great service Wednesday night. The Lord is good to us. Oh, he's so good. Her name is Bonnie Raitt. Forgive me for knowing that today. And she famously sings. People are talking. Talking about people. I hear them whisper. You won't believe it. She's singing about a love interest. She's singing about a crush. She's singing about someone that she has feelings for but no relationship with just yet. She is propositioning the object of her affection to join with her and fuel the talks of those that are curious. They're going to gossip anyway. Let's give them something to talk about. Now that we know it, let's really show it. Let's give them something to talk about. A little mystery for them to figure out. Let's give them something to talk about, and forgive me for using a secular song today, but I feel those lyrics this morning. But I'm not singing them this morning or thinking of them this morning to some wishful crush, but I'm thinking about them in retrospect to my relationship with my Savior today. I'm thinking about those lyrics while I'm thinking about the Jesus that we all just lifted up and I'm crying out today with what I've got. Let's drown out the noise of the world and the talk and the confusion and the rumor and the innuendo and let's really give them something to talk about today.
don't just come together and preach about Pentecost. How about we have a Pentecost today? Let's go there and see if we can figure it out. Today, Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. Man, that's a powerful word. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Probably had something to do with the fact that they were all with one accord. (laughs) See, there's people who come to church, but they never get to church. There's people who walk through the doors and they're sitting in the building, but they could be a million miles away from here. They already washing clothes. They already mowing the yard. They already thinking about tomorrow on the job. They already thinking about what I'm going to do for lunch. Is it going to be very long? I know that's what my family's thinking today. But they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What would happen if we could get one Sunday where we could get everybody together? Well, I'd give them something to talk about. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven Verse 6, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude, who? The devout Jews came together. Now remember, the last time they were together, they were shouting, crucify him. Let his blood be upon us and our children. But now they are seeing his crazy followers who have still maintained (laughs) who have still stayed faithful to the man they thought was dead. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And the scripture said they were confounded. And they, who these same devout Jews, were all amazed and marveled. They were all stricken at what they were seeing, yes, but more so they were captivated by what they were hearing. Because verse 11 makes it clear. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. I don't want to stay here too long this morning, but remember Babel, when the evil intentions of man mirrored the evil intentions of Lucifer before he was kicked out of heaven. And man decided, and man said, we will build a tower, and we will ascend into the heavens, and we will make us a name. And it got the Lord's attention, so much so that he got up from where he was, and he went to them, and this was his assessment. This is so powerful. 
evil men with evil intentions, looking to make a name for themselves, arrested the attention of the Lord and sent him on a search mission to find out what it was all about. And when he got there, he said of them, the people are one. They all speak the same. And because of their unity, nothing will be restrained from them. Friends, that's how powerful unity is. That's why God gets upset and doesn't want you crossed up with your brother. Because a divided people has never been his plan. But a unified people can literally do anything that they can think up in their mind to do. I can't stay there all day, but you need to get this. These are heathens, but their unity has God's attention. So he went down, and if you know the story of the Tower of Babel, he divided the language. He confounded it, the Scripture said. And men went in different directions and scattered out all over the earth. And God used language to divide the evil intentions. But here, back in Acts chapter 2, they were all together again. And now instead of seeking to ascend into heaven and make themselves a name, they were gathered together calling on a name. Come on, somebody. They didn't want to ascend today, but they wanted him to descend. And just like he divided people thousands of years earlier through a language, now through a language, he is reuniting people back together under the umbrella of his people and of his name. Through a language. <laughs> and now people who couldn't understand one another are suddenly getting it and are suddenly able to communicate. Oh, I need to move on this morning. But we need this in our churches today. We need a supernatural unity to draw us back together so he can tear down every division and every clique and every set. That exists between us because when that happens, here's the result. Verse 12. And they were all amazed. We're in doubt saying to one another, what meaneth this? My heavenly Lord, I feel like preaching in this place today. I'm so tired of predictable church. I'm so tired of everything that's so programmed and everything that's so polished and everything that's so predictable. We know exactly what's about to happen and when it's going to happen. And we have routined ourselves in the weekend rituals that we call church. And it's so un-awe-inspiring that the only ones that hear us glorify the wonderful works of God 
are the same people that y'all. Every time we give our testimony again. Y'all know I'm telling the truth today. Oh, here goes Brother High. He's about to tell us about that baby he had 21 years ago. He's about to tell that again, that story again. His boy's already squirming, getting nervous, wondering what's going to happen. My dad finna call me up there. Please don't let him call me up there, Lord. They know my story, Dad. They know I'm here. They know I didn't die. They know the Lord said he's going to live. Come on, somebody. There goes Brother Hodge about to tell us about that again. Here goes Sister So-and-So. She got healed of cancer two years ago. Can't she move off of that by now? Oh, y'all know I'm telling the truth today. Can't she find some new material? And we get comfortable and we get complacent and we get entitled. We choose professionalism and entertainment and ritual over passion and power and prayer and praise and worship. Oh, help me, Jesus. And it's killing us slowly and it's killing us quietly but may I remind you this morning uh, on this Pentecost Sunday uh, we were birthed from a group uh, that started suddenly uh, and they started with a sound uh, that came from heaven oh somebody would you give him some praise today come on would you let your tongue speak the wonderful works of God Woo! What would happen if we could get a little wind blowing in this place today? What would happen if we could generate a little noise in this place today? Come on, somebody. They got together and the wind started blowing. And things started happening, and it generated a question that we need to hear more often in our churches. Because when they were amazed at what they heard and what they saw, they looked at one another and they said, What in the world is going on? What meaneth all of this stuff? What's going on in here? What's happening in here? When's the last time you got nervous in church? Let me slow down, let some of you catch up. When's the last time you couldn't predict what was coming up next? When's the last time you really truly wondered what meaneth this? What are they doing up there? What is he? What is? What meaneth this? Verse 7 and verse 12 both say that the observers were amazed. That word is existemi in the Greek. Now I'm finna help you because I know we ain't got a lot of Greek scholars in here. And I ain't one either. I just happen to have a Strong's. 
existemi in the Greek. And it literally means that they were thrown out of place. It occurred to me this morning, Brother Chase. (laughs) You want to know why we dance? You want to know why we shout? You want to know why we run the aisles or we used to? And we leap for joy and we shout and we move. It's because we are amazed by him. And it literally throws us out of our place. It says I can't sit here any longer. It says I can't keep quiet and I can't be still. It's kind of like Jeremiah. It's like fire. Shut up in my bones. Come on, he wanted to quit. But when I thought about the Lord, it was like fire. And it threw me out of place. And I had to give him some praise and work. No wonder John said, I can baptize you with water. But there's one coming after me that's going to baptize you with the fire and the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we were designed different. We were born in the fire. We were forged in the furnace of his spirit. And anything less just won't do. The old preacher said we were born in the fire and we can't live in the smoke. Come on, we got to keep this thing burning. We got to keep this thing burning. We got to keep this thing burning. So I asked a question this day because it begs to be asked, are you still amazed by him? Can he still move you? I'm going to be good, but sometimes our pew becomes our prison. See, the scripture said you, you got walls. You put up walls, and you call them salvation. And we need walls of salvation. But you got to build a gate. And that gate you're going to call praise. See, that, 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 that this place is walls. It's salvation. It's safety. It's the house of refuge. But it need not be your prison because you can come in and you can build gates and you can be moved and you can give God praise and you can give him glory. You don't have to sit there and act like you can't remember what he did for you on that first day you met him. Ah, Brother Hodge, you just, you're just preaching for a response today. You better believe I am. Don't apologize for it either because this is what I know. If we aren't amazed and if we aren't moved and if we don't show forth his praises, Pentecost is over. If we don't give them something to talk about. Peter never has a crowd to preach to if we don't give them something to talk about. 
If we don't give them something to talk about, they just keep on going about their business. If we aren't still amazed by him, they never get amazed by us. We don't get moved out of place every once in a while. They'll never get moved out of their sin. And Peter got it. The crowd starts saying, these are drunk, wasted, lit. But instead of his normal reaction, which would have been to cuss them out and tie up in a fight or draw the sword, Peter preaches. Why? Because the Holy Ghost had done a work in him. Mm. And he understood what he would later write in his first epistle, 1 Peter 2, 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. You were never supposed to be like everybody else that ye should show forth the praises of him who call you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Verse 10, watch this. Which in times past were not a people. because We were flung to the four corners of the earth all speaking a different language. But are now the people of God which had not obtained mercy yet, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, Stain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. Get it all figured out, my friends. Get it settled for yourself. Have your conversation honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that ye may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. Peter knew the man he was or the man he used to be would have been in the crowd of mockers. But now he stood with a revelation. Now he stood with understanding. Now he stood with the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Pastor preaches it so well and I ain't even tried to fool with it today because he can take you right through them keys and how he's got them keys, right? Months earlier, Peter had been given those very keys, but today he was given a door. <laughs> See, a key ain't no good without a door. And there's going to be a time God's going to equip you and he's going to empower you but he's also going to position you. And right then and right there, you're going to have to use what he gave you in that season of knowing him and becoming and learning about him because somebody else's future rests on you stepping up to the door. And he stepped up and he began to unlock hope and he began to unlock mercy and he began to unlock grace and the Holy Ghost to a multitude that had just a little while earlier tried to nail it shut. And as he preached Jesus unto them, something started to shift. 
and conviction settled in their spirits. And these words filled their ears. Verse 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assurance. He said, y'all been everywhere, but today you're back. And I want everybody that's of this people to know this without a doubt, that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified. You did it. You worked the work. You called for him to go to that cross. When there was an out, you said no. Give us the thief. Give us Barabbas. But God hath made that same Jesus, both Lord and Christ. I want you to know without a doubt that man that you called to be crucified is now your Lord and he is your only hope. And when they heard that, the scripture said they were pricked in their hearts. They were pierced. They were literally stabbed in the heart. And it caused them to ask the question, but notice who was addressed. Men and brethren, what shall we do? And this is what I came screaming today to tell you, and I'm about to be done. Peter had the key, but as equally important as the key, was the power of a witness. 2 Corinthians 13 and 1 said, In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. God knew it would take more than just a preacher screaming on Sundays and teaching on Wednesdays to reach a lost and dying world. So in the most uncertain of times among his people, they're dazed, they're confused, they're disarrayed, they're full of questions. Jesus has just been crucified. Then like he said, he got up out of that grave. But they still didn't understand his plan. So he walks with them, resurrected, just not yet glorified. For 40 days he has seen of them just to prove I am alive but his time has come and he must return to glory and he instructs them to go wait for the promise and they are filled with questions and they just don't get it yet and many are so disheartened and unsatisfied with the plan that they never make it to the upper room you understand where Jesus gave that instruction, you'll know that it was at Bethany and there were nearly 500 people there that heard his call to go wait for the promise of the Father till you be endued from on high. But only about 120 trusted in what he said. That number's important because it has relevance among the Jews concerning legal synagogues. 
I don't want to bog down here, but I want you to know everything in this book has a purpose. And if these people are going to have standing or influence with a Jewish audience, they had to have at least 120 members because that's the number in their rules and in their law that constituted a true synagogue. Anything else to them would have just been a bunch of radicals. Anything less would have just been a bunch of rebels. It would have just been a group of crazies. But because of their number to that Jewish audience that day, those devout men that were gathered together, they were relevant. Why does that matter? Because it gave their witness legal recognition. The Holy Ghost gave them power, but their togetherness gave them a presence. And their presence standing with Peter, their witness of an obvious visitation heard through the tongues they spoke, their amazement and outward demonstration fueled by the power and fire of the Holy Ghost set up the greatest message ever preached. Everything had worked together. Everything had been aligned. Everything had been situated just right before Peter stepped out and preached that famous message that we love this morning. Before he said the first word, repent. God had already gone to work setting up that word. So when he said, repent, stop doing what you are doing, change your ways, change your path, repent and be baptized, every one of you, not a few, not some of you, not if you feel like it's a good idea. Everyone. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. Remission. Payment. Forgiveness. Atonement. Don't just stop doing what you're doing. Wipe out the record that it ever existed in the first place. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Power fire, a new purpose, a new destiny. And on Pentecost Sunday 2023, that's still the message. That's still the plan. That's still the formula. That's still the only way. But may I say this? What the Lord told me to tell you today, and I'm going to lay this microphone down, and we're going to See what he'll do in this place. There would have been no Pentecost if there first hadn't have been some noise. It was noise that drew in the crowd. It was noise that created an audience. It was noise that pulled them out of their routine. And the Lord said today, it's time for my church to make some noise again. Come on, somebody. It's time for my church to get loud again. 
to get proud again and to start to call upon my name. It's time for what meaneth this again. Come on, somebody. We're so drowned out by the noise of this world. The church is almost a non-factor in it today. Oh, I'm about to... Mm. Every devil is celebrating. Uh, every agenda is advancing today. Every evil spirit is crying aloud and they are wreaking havoc in our world. I go to a schoolroom every day with kids who are confused. They don't know up from down. Some of them don't know if they're a boy or a girl because this world is making a lot of noise and the church sits almost a non-factor. We become dignified. We wear our suits and our nice shoes and our cool socks and we become sophisticated and we've become proper. And we've become quiet and restricted and imprisoned in our own buildings. Come on, I'm just trying to tell you what the Lord said say today. I'm not against order today. I'm not against structure today. I'm not against protocol. But it will never be alive without the breath of God blowing through it. When he created man, he formed him with his very hands. He made the structure. He set everything in order and he set everything in place. But before that man could do the purpose that he designed in him, God had to breathe the breath of life into him. I hear the breath of God trying to blow in this sanctuary this morning. I hear the wind of the Holy Ghost trying to stir a people. It's time to make some noise again. It's time to get your praise on again. It's time to rejoice again. Come on, stop talking about high gas prices and high groceries. Oh, none of us like it. And there ain't a thing we can do about it. But add to the noise and the confusion that's already out there. I'm telling you, I want to say something different. I want to send something else out. I want to put something else in the atmosphere. Because when it was noise abroad, that's when 3,000 received the gift of the Holy Ghost in one sitting. Come on, somebody. What would happen in Monroe if this many people would start lifting praise and start lifting noise and start lifting their voice and say, God, you're greater than what we can't fix. You're greater than what we can't do. And we're just going to give you praise.
Joel said it, and Peter quoted it. The Spirit will bring prophecy, visions, dreams, wonders, and signs. What good is all of that? If it never gets beyond our four walls. Come on, CLC. There are words over you yet to be fulfilled. Ah, there are visions not yet realized. There are dreams you have not yet obtained. There are signs and there are wonders and there are miracles waiting to break out among us. If somebody will say, I'm going to lift you up and not the problem and not the trouble. Come on, if you love him, will you just join me around the front and let him know I'm still amazed by you. I can still be moved by you. I can still be thrust out of place by you. Come on, let the high praises of the Lord be in your mouth. Let the glory of his name emanate from a spirit of thanksgiving.